Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have you here on. If you don't like that, we'll get to the show momentarily. But first, this podcast is brought to you by... New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years. New Works has a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That is N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Remember, folks, whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works Plumbing has a fix for you. Again, that's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W. WRXplumbing.com. New Works Plumbing, a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they have got a fix for you. My guest on the show today, one of my favorites, a conversation that I had with Sean Salisbury, former quarterback at USC, the National Football League, many years at ESPN, and doing local radio in Houston, among other things guy that I have the utmost respect for, Sean Salisbury. We are back. Grant Napier, Sean Salisbury, No Filtered Network. We've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had to regroup after the Super Bowl, but we're ready. We're refreshed, and here we go. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great, man. Good to be with you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's uh, I, 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 There are so many things I want to talk to you about, but and I hope you don't mind me going here, but I was blessed to be at Bristol in – the 98-99 basketball season when there was a lockout, we didn't start playing until February. And they were flying me back three weekends a month, Sean, to co-host uh, game night on Saturdays and Sundays. And I was working with people like Tony Bruno and Chuck Wilson and Bob Valvano and Joe D. Ambrosio. And I got to know John Clayton very well. And we would go across the street to the Radisson with Tony Bruno after we got off the air and we'd have some beers and we would talk. And, and you know, I didn't know John Clayton like you, but you know, for those six to seven months, whenever I needed to talk to John about something with football, he'd always take my call. If I needed him to come on my radio show, he never said no. Um, he was a special, special guy. And, and I know that this hit you hard. And those that love John hit them very hard. How difficult has this past uh, month or two been kind of reflecting back on your love and friendship with John Clayton, um, I, I, I'm still, sh- I mean, I'm still baffled by it. 
and devastated by it. And I'm sure many are. Our relationship was, as you mentioned, Grant, was pretty damn special over the years. And people that were out there, I mean, it, it, it crushed me when it first happened because most of us had no idea because John never talked about it. He only talked about Pat and taking care of his good wife and he made a point. It doesn't matter where John Clayton is or what show it is. It doesn't matter if you're in Des Moines, Iowa or at ESPN corporate or at a small town, big town college radio show. If John Clayton had five minutes, he'll talk football with you. It does not matter. And that's the way he was. And he is the most accessible, was the most accessible, good you know, combined of any. I've never met anybody more accessible that had, well, quite frankly, was that big a presence, right? It was so good at his job. Yep. I mean, most people are so busy. But it, if John was in between walking jetways to get to the next flight, he'd do a show. And yep. that's one of the greatest things about our relationship was far deeper than just a friendship. People wonder, have been asked all the time, well, was that fake? No, all that battling was real and was unscripted, but our respect was like family, brothers getting after it. And then we were very protective of each other off the set and, and wherever we went. And we had the reason why we were able to get after each other is because we never, it, the respect we had for knowing about each other's preparation and how hard we worked to do it without faking it and being a hot take. And we're still proud of the fact that all the things you see may not be because of us, but we were the original debate show on TV. And I know John took great pride in that. And he was the first guy that contacted me outside of family when I left ESPN. And it wasn't because, oh, what are we going to do? We don't get four downs. It was because he was concerned about me. And mm -hmm. he made four downs go because it worked. It worked. It was the jock versus the, the, the bookworm and, and John with his zingers and his preparation and knowing football and his, all his contacts, I miss him. When I got the call, I was floored that he was in the hospital. And then I got the call hours later, it was floored that he was, that he had passed away so quickly because it was a, a, a very brief illness and it went fast and, and talking to somebody. And then Mort, Chris Mortensen called me because Chris and John's relationship as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was special. It wasn't, there was nothing. And people say, well, did you guys really like each other? No, we loved each other. And our friendship is, I would like to think that over the course of 20 some years, and then even more so those decade or so, whenever we were doing four downs was probably, we continued yeah. to grow closer. I would like to think that we were as close as two people could be in the business and respect that got after each other. And I hold him in the highest regard as a, as a husband, as a family man, as a as a co-worker, as a friend. Um, I still to this day am, am devastated. And, you know, and his, his good wife, Pat, I'm, I'm sure that hmm. they're still, you know, it, well, let's just put it this way. The only thing that I know that John loved more than football and covering it and talking about it was his good wife. And he just, I, I miss him and I still think about it. It still chokes me up because he, he wasn't supposed to happen that fast. It wasn't supposed to happen. John Clayton was, <laughs> you know, John Clayton, he, he's not, John Clayton's not supposed to die. He's the professor. So, and I, I can tell you this one last little nugget about this grant. And I've shared this a couple of times, but that commercial that they did, the ESPN's mm -hmm. the Sports Center commercial, which is epic and maybe the best of all time is I can tell you how much, how good it made him feel. He, he, John didn't need validation as a, as a right. Hall of Famer. He did not. But it was, in a sense, validation for 
we recognize, because John wasn't a self-promoter, we recognize how good you are at what you do. And it put him, even though he was a big dog, John never acted like one, it made him Mount Rushmore Big Dog Sports Center. And it was just, it just enhanced what we all knew about him. And I love him. I miss him. And it, it will, the original will, will never be repeated. I don't care what anybody thinks. Some yep. may be better, but it will never be the same. And John and I together, and he was the one who made it go. I was just, I was the, the Robin in that one. He was the Batman and I love him. I miss him. Thanks for letting me share. I do. I miss him every day. Four Downs to me was the best part of Sports Center. It was the best part of ESPN back then. I actually think Four Downs was kind of the, the, the baby steps to what First Take is now in a way. What I've shared with people, and I know you share, when you and I do this, we don't even talk about anything before we go on. We just go. You know, you, we yeah. have no idea. You have no idea what I'm going to ask you and vice versa. But TV's different, and that was different. How much preparation with four downs did you and John do before you got on the set? Because it has to be spontaneous, but yet the people in the back room have to know what you're going to talk about. Never. Never. Here's how it would happen. Most of the time, like at the Super Bowl week when we do four downs, we would sit next to each other because we were both there for eight to nine days, right? Like the, during the championship weekend before there was a bye, you know, and if when, then when a bye kicked in and you had a bye between, then we'd go like the Saturday or Sunday before that week leading into the Super Bowl. So between eight and nine days. So we did it on the set, but or less once a year or so when John was in, in, in Bristol for a meeting or twice a year, we'd do it. But most, he was on remote interview in Pittsburgh and Seattle and Carolina and, and New England doing whatever he's doing for a feature and all his stuff. And so we do it remotely. And here's what they did. They would come up to me and ask a dozen questions and get my answers. They'd pick the four. And then the bonus down they wanted, they would ask John. They never told me what he said. And we didn't talk before it mm. ever. So our preparation was doing our own preparation for whatever it might be. And they asked all kinds of stuff. And John was prepared to perfection, as I like to think I was, because I didn't want him to get the best of me, and he sure as hell didn't want me to get the best of him. And we weren't going to go into something where we made an idiot of ourselves because we didn't know who the tack – and John Clayton knew who everybody was and talked to everybody. So uh, you had to do the X's and O's, and he got some great zingers, but that we didn't talk about it. We yeah. talked to a Sports Center producer, and he'd talk to the producer, and he'd call him on the phone wherever he was, and he'd answer the questions. And they'd pick the ones, and they didn't always just pick the ones we disagreed on. I know people said, well, oh, you disagree on – now, they wanted opposition, but there was times when John and I even agreed on something, but maybe we agreed for the for a different reason, right? And so it was never scripted. I had no idea. And I wouldn't know, for the most part, the four or five they were going to ask, and neither would John, after they decided which ones they decided they would go with. And that's how it worked. And we never once, John, you say this the last, but every single time I'd get on the IFB just before Sports Center started in our segment, and I'd plug in and we'd I'd be while well, we're at commercial break and I'd say John and he'd say Shawnee how you doing I'd say good I said so let's have a great one I can't wait it's gonna be a blast and then when we get after each other the second one is over I'd say great stuff brother can't wait to see you next time and he'd say the same thing I'd say I love you and we went on about our business and okay. it was like you, mean, you know that old school cartoon the sheepdog and the the wolf where they walk to work with their lunch pails the cartoon yeah. old school yeah. and they talk yeah. they're their buddy best friends and they clock <laughs> in and all of a sudden One's trying to eat all the other sheep and the sheepdog's protecting or the, whatever they're trying to eat. And he's protecting the rest of the, the whole canyon. 
<laughs> and then the, you hear the buzzer, the, the horn, they check back out and they check in and they walk back home together. That was, that was John it. Clayton and I. Yep. I love it. Thank you very much for reminiscing. My pleasure. Uh, this is the first time you and I have done this since the passing of John. So I appreciate it. All right. I want to go over to uh, some topics. I want to start with the Golden State Memphis series. And I'm really happy that Dylan Brooks is suspended for game three. I'd like to see an eye for an eye. There's no doubt in my mind that's a dirty foul. And because of that, the Warriors lose a valuable player in Gary Payton for, for maybe the rest of the playoffs, but at least for three or four weeks. How do you feel about an eye for an eye? In other words, Brooks can't come back until Peyton can come back. And what did you think of the foul? Let me tell you something. I'm with you on the, the foul. And I, I like physicality. I don't like cheap, right? I, that, right? And there's a difference. Whether it was intentional or not, but I, I mean, like I said, and I, I'm old school. I don't mind you sending a, a message. But like, for instance, in football, the same message that I have no problem with would be, you took, you, you took a step and maybe a half a step more because you couldn't stop yourself and you unloaded on me in a safe place and let me know you were there, even though it probably was a late hit, but you didn't try to hit me in the head or in the knee or, you know, that the physicality of making sure, you know, I'm around, I'm okay with that. And then the guy saying, I'm coming back. No problem. It's when you got a clean shot here and then you go to the knee or the head and, and, and it's late that I think that's where the come on, man. You know, or guys running out of bounds and you will cut him at the knees. It's like, come on, we're all in this thing together and fit hard, good foul, a hard, good foul or a hard. I have zero issue with it as long as it's not a cheap, hard, good foul at the wrong time. Right. And I am an eye for an eye big time, Grant. And hell, when I see what's going on in society and people killing people and doing the thing and beating people in five on one. And then they go, I'm damn near an eye for an eye in society, too. What would it be uh, like you do this and we re- return the favor to you when you're beating on a 90 year old grandmother and killing her? And, mm-hmm. and it, it, I mean, and I'm being a bit uh, hyperbolic, but you get my point is imagine, imagine, and I'm not, I'm not barbaric with that, but can you imagine the pain and suffering they go through people that have to suffer through that and they don't get the same. It's just, it's people that can't, I guess what I'm trying to say is people that can't defend themselves in society and they and, and the people who take advantage of them know it bother me to no end. I, I mean, I, it, it it's it gets me so bad that I it my the the you know when I see red when I think about that right yeah, or yeah, I just yeah. I can't take it. You want to cross the threshold into a house and you're going to bother three kids and a mom when they're by themselves and you got the guts to walk into a lock the locked door is for your fucking protection, not for mine. The Mossberg yep. 500 Tactical is my protection, brother. So when you walk through that door, you break that threshold. And good on a mom that decide. hey, listen, I, I'm not – and I ain't shooting to injure you when you walk into my house. I'm not going to shoot you on the – you get my point. But inside this where I got kids to protect or family to protect, I'll be damned. You got the balls to walk through the door. The locked door is for your protection. Don't ever forget it. So when it comes to basketball, um, I am, Grant. I, I don't – because if you don't do it that way, one team in a in a in a series can get a huge advantage. Yeah. If you don't, if you say, well, one is we let one go in the injured, but we're only gonna we were not gonna suspend you or take it away from you. You've got to match it if it is a clear, clean, not not a guess clean, but a clear, clean, cheap. Yep. When I say clean, a, a crystal clear, um, flagrant or cheap shot. Yeah, you have to do that. All right, I want to talk to you about Draymond Green. I want to give you my take on all of this. All right, first of all, we all acknowledge that Draymond Green is so incredibly valuable 
for the Golden oh. State Warriors. Okay, he 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 may he may be as valuable as any player, and yes, I mean Curry because of all the things he does. There's a difference between passion and playing with emotion and then hurting your team. So a couple of things. You can say what you want about the foul in game one that got him ejected, but he incites the crowd, okay, on the road. And then in game two, he gets an elbow and is bleeding. And as he's exiting the court to get repairs, he gives the double bird to the fans in the crowd and later says, hey, you know what? They're booing me as I'm bleeding. I got an elbow. You know, what the hell is that all about? And he goes, I'm glad to, I'm happy to pay the fine because I make 25 million a year. It's not a big deal to me. Again, I go back to 2016. His suspension in game five cost, in my opinion, and many others, the Warriors a world championship. Take me inside the locker room, Sean. When you have a volatile player that is so valuable, but you don't really know what's next. And the fine line between doing what you do and then hurting your team. Because if he gets one more flagrant two, Sean, he's suspended for a game, and that bothers me. I just don't understand how this guy is not able, Sean, to just compose himself without crossing that line, and he crosses the line too often. Grant, I, th- I think you you make a hell of a point. And this is a – I'm not much of a fence sitter. This one's hard on me because I'm with you. Matter of fact, I can make a blatant argument that Draymond Green's is, val- is the most valuable player on the team. I didn't say the best, but I'm saying, uh, you know, an elite defender, a damn good passer, can, can play all five positions on if you need him. He, he really can't. He's not going to shoot, but I'm talking about he can handle the point. We've seen it. We've seen him do everything. I love him. Draymond Green is the guy you want on your team, but you can't stand him when you play against him. He's yep. one of the, he's, he's the, uh, the, here's what he is. He's a hockey agitator that is got hall of fame skill set. That's right. He, that, yep. that, that's what he is now. And I, and I, I'm with you and it's such, and the, and the line is, you, you know how Grant, if you talk on one side is the, you know, you got the, well, first you got the angel and the devil on the shoulder. And then one side at the top, it's like you're, you're as a ballerina on the top of the mountain. And one false step either way, and dude, the slippery slope one way or the really good fall the other way where you're falling into a slide in the water and, and, you, and you survive it. He's, he, he's, he, he teeters all the time. Now, part of that is perfect is what drives him. I've been around players that if they're not emotional, they can't survive it. Remember Al Roboski, the lefty? Yeah. Of course you sure. do. Yeah. Mad Hungarian. He, yeah. he, if he wasn't – now, a lot of it was show, but if he wasn't doing his stuff and getting jacked up – he was not the same closer reliever. He just wasn't. No. Guys have it. Yes, they're there. Now in the locker room, it's one of those men, dude. I don't ever, I don't want to coach passion out of you, but I got a coach because he's got high basketball IQ and he's a he, listen, but I mean this affection. He's dumb and sneaky like a fox. Don't kid yourself. Draymond knows what's going on. I'll bet you the guy's IQ is 160, right? I mean, he is a I think, and I think he's going to be great TV, as we've already he seen. Will be. He, he, will be. he is, but he is that guy. You say, dude, I love you. I don't want to coach it or, or talk you out of your passion, but just do me a favor. Say it on Twitter uh, that you're mad at the fans, or don't just. We need you because the truth is, we can't win an NBA title. I, I don't think Grant with the Suns and what goes and Giannis and the. I don't think they can do it without him right now. So yes. And now the problem is he's got to play it a little more non-Draymond. He can't antagonize or do his thing because if he does get one, one game in a series or two games, 
is devastating. Look what's happening to Philly with Embiid's injury. Yep. James Harden's proven he can't be a number one and carry anybody. Talk about a slow step, putting the ball on the deck and not being able to do what he's normally used to doing in his past. Seems yep. like it's caught up to him. He's not, not as quick, but back to this. So, Grant, I I am with you. I want him composed. And it comes with, we say, maturity. But Draymond's old enough. He knows maturity. He, he gets it. His emotions, he's got to learn, even still now, that when to apply the – when I got when I got leeway to let it go, it's like when you got two strikes as a pitcher. I can throw one four feet outside because it's a waste pitch. I'll give you a waste foul when there's when we got leeway to do it. And the, the middle fingers and all. Listen, I understand players' emotion. There's plenty of times I've wanted to not just flip off a fan, but I want to go up in the stands and throat punch him. Right? We all have that emotion. Now Draymond is, you know, he gets it, but he also pushed it. I really don't want him to shut up. I love his I, I love his personality. I don't want him to back off. I just want him to be judicious when he uses it. See what I because Grant, I think if you tried to coach it out of him and said, dude, if you keep doing it, you're gonna sit next to me. I don't think that Draymond would be the same player. I mean, he'd be good, but I, I think he's a yeah, it would be a little different. So I'm team Draymond all day, all the time. But if he's doing it against your team, you're like, dude, dude, I have a McMahon was like that. Now, Jimmy, Jim was like that, and I mean it affectionately. He's one of my best friends. Is when we played against him, I thought, I cannot stand this dude, man. <laughs> he became a teammate. It was before I knew him well. I'd met him one or two other times in my life. But when we became a teammate, I may never – he is as good a teammate. And one of my, I mean, I'd crawl 10 miles over broken glass today for Mac, right? So, But he knew how to get under people's skin and do it. Now, in football, we can do a few extra things that they don't see that on the field that's not going to get you kicked out, right? Jim's not going to take his helmet off and knock a guy upside the head with it. Now, Jim might grab a hot dog and eat it from the stands or give somebody the middle finger like Roselle. And do, I mean, Jim's been known to do that kind of stuff. God rest Pete Roselle's soul. But Draymond has, a, has some of that in him. Draymond's emotions, sometimes he crosses a line and it gets him in trouble. But he has to know because his value to the team – it's the it's the equivalent of dude too many technical fouls. It's like a quarterback slide, dude. We know you're tough. It's in the second quarter. We don't need you to take on four linebackers. Slide, get down because you're no good to me over on the sidelines. Missing two games because of a, a concussion. So there's a fine line. But I'm all Draymond all the time. But I get what you're saying. Yep. It's it's sometimes maddening because he's he's he sometimes he can't control his emotions. But that same thing that make you cry make you laugh when he's doing his things or make you laugh, make you cry as well. I want to put you as the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. So you're John Lynch. First of all, I look at what they did last year and how close they were to getting back to the Super Bowl. And I try to picture this team this coming fall without Jimmy Garoppolo with a quarterback that I don't know whether he can get the job done or not. I mean, I think he can, but we don't know in Trey Lance. And then to think about this team with the guy that I thought was as valuable as any member of the team last year in Debo Samuel. Now, obviously, San Francisco did not trade Debo last week during the draft, but the problem still persists. A couple of things. How much credit does Kyle Shanahan get for Debo Samuel's success because of the innovative ways that they used him? All right. And number two, again, I'm going to put you in the hot seat here. You're John Lynch. How are you going to rectify this? How is this going to play itself out? It's easy for me. Uh, it, it, it's about two or three tiers, and I'll get to them quickly. First of all, the, to answer your question about the Kyle Shanahan, 
if it was just Kyle Shanahan's play calling, why isn't everybody copying it and doing it? Those guys just don't fall off a turnip truck and land in your lap, right? They don't just fall out. You know, you're driving along, and hey, man, let's, we're in the back seat drinking a beer. Oh, look what landed in my lap. The best Swiss Army knife in the world in fatigues here. To, no. Debo Samuels, if it was that easy, I know two other teams. Taysom Hill does it as a quarterback way and does it his way, but he ain't the – and he's really good. And Cordell Patterson is really good. But guess who the GOAT is? It's this cat. If I put him at running back, like I said, these – this is the his his equivalency to the Swiss Army knife is the equivalency to Cooper Cup as a wide receiver as a pure one. He's in the class. If he's at the top there and Cooper Cup's at the top there, you get what I'm saying. He's the best. Ver- he, he creates the most versatility in an offense uh, with formations in the league, and he's also really damn good at doing it. So for me, it's. You get you got him in the backfield. If he was just a running back carrying twenty five times a game, he'd rush for fourteen hundred yards. I believe that, especially in the way they run the ball with Kyle. Now, Mike McDaniel's uh, Mike McDaniel uh, being gone, Miami. Watch how good Miami becomes at running the ball. Mike's a brilliant football mind. So that that's one. If he was a slot receiver, he'd catch one hundred and ten balls. If he just played there. So while Kyle's has the balls to deploy him, <laughs> you. Listen, we ain't finding those guys. If we did, we'd, we'd every year draft that guy to be that guy. It's learning all the different – and he's got to play outside, inside, behind the back, motion, formation. he got to do it all. It's not just the physical part. It's a football IQ, and he's real good at it. So that's one is, well, I'll give Kyle credit. I got news for you. I can watch Kyle's tape and design what Kyle's doing from copying what he does, maybe not on the consistency of copying it, apply it to my team and say, well, damn, it looks real good. I love to shoot the three, but I ain't got Steph Curry to shoot the motherfucker. Does that make sense? So Sean's shooting it, so we're screwed. So you got to have that cat to do it. In John Lynch's case, it's three-tiered three, three tiered for me. And it's, and it's cut and dry. Here's the three-year – let's say if it's three-year – here's three years at $75 million. He can't play him, pay him like Devontae or Coop or, – or Cup's going to be the highest paid at some point. Devontae or, or – or, uh, my guy from Kansas City who went to Miami. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Because they've been doing it at the wide receiver longer and constant production. Okay. I so they're at third. We're at the work. We're, we're more than quarterback. By they're at thirty million right there. I agree. Then you got Hopkins, who, notwithstanding what happened with the drug test, but in the 27, 28 range. So anywhere between twenty six and twenty eight. You know, he's in the lower end of the digs. Devontae, not as an overall player, but just as he's only been in the league, what, like three years or four, whatever it is, four years, whatever it is going. And so forth. And he, he, he's still grinding to get to, to, you know, if he was just one position, we can't, you can't not reward him because you decide to put him in a, makes your offense better. He's their best offensive player, period. Trent yeah. Williams is good, but Debo's younger. So that offense doesn't work as good if he's not doing all this. And so, and he makes quarterbacks life easier so you, that's one is I'm, I'm saying three years, 75 million. Let's fair enough. Three years, 70 million, four years, 95, whatever it is in that range, it gives you 27 million, 26 a year. And I'll guarantee 80% of it. If I 75 million, he's just, I mean, AJ Brown's a good player. He's done for the 49ers what AJ Brown's done for Tennessee. Absolutely. He, he got 80 million and it's like 57 or 58 guaranteed. So, Offer him 75, guarantee 65 of it. If he doesn't want that in a three-year deal, because he's only 26. By the time yeah. he's done, he's going to be 29. He's still got a big contract in front of him. 
So that, and if you want to move it to four years, fine, add it and in where, where the average year and 75% guaranteed, that's fair. If you're the 49ers, then it should be fair for Debo. Now, if Debo just wants to leave because he don't, he don't want to play in San Francisco anymore, here's the other two. I trade him if, in fact, and this is the only way I trade him, if I get equal or greater value within the three years of the contract, meaning if I'm trading for picks, those guys, I better in my mind know they're going to be great or I better get a player or two that are frigging lights out because if it doesn't make me better, screw you, I'm not giving him away. And here's the third one, Debo. And I'm on – listen, I'm, I've been – there's, I've loved, he's one of my 10 favorite players in the league. And every time I go on in San Francisco, I preach it. Yep. But I also know this player empowerment, you ain't telling me as the GM, you, you don't get to dictate just because you come to me and say, I want traded. Because Debo's been a model citizen. I, this is the first year, this offseason, that I've ever heard him say anything that would be anything other than being a team guy that he wanted out. We never hear that. I, it's simple. Oh, Debo, we, we want you. We, we put, here's the contract. No, I want out. And we don't know all the reasons. It's probably a little deeper than we know. Maybe some, whether it's he doesn't like the offense anymore or he wants to change or he doesn't want San Francisco, he wants to go closer. I don't know. But regardless, I love you, dude. But player empowerment's fine. You ain't dictating when or where I trade you or for how many. I ain't giving you away. You're too valuable. It's a, it's a backhanded compliment, dude. I can't give you away. You're too, you're too important to us. Right. Secondly, Oh, well, I still, I'm not going to come here. So you're not taking 80 million, 75 of it or guaranteed or 70 million guaranteed or parlay out to a fourth year, how it would even out. No, I don't want to play here. Okay. Well, here's your choices. Since nobody's given us what we want, you can show up and we'll try to, we'll continue to pound this out and hopefully you get happy again. Or I hope you enjoy watching football from your damn living room on Sunday. And that is it. I'm not caving to, you don't, you're aging and you do not, get to tell me as the GM, you don't get to dictate my team's future. Now, I want you here, and if I got something good or better, then I'll consider it. You don't get to come in just because you want out at the drop of a hat. We're seeing enough of it. You don't get to every time, well, I've had enough, I want out. And this ain't the fucking transfer portal, okay, where you just get one and you get to go wherever you want. Now, we may be coming to that in college where we start trading college players. No. He's too valuable to me. It better be special or I got to pay him. Now, if the 49ers aren't paying him what he deserves, and shame on them. Pay him. He's worth it. The other side is you just because you want out, you don't get to tell me, well, I'm staying home. Good. You can pass up $25 million a year. Have at it, buddy. $30 million a year, $28 million a year. You can stay home and watch because if we trade you and it's not a good trade for us, we're still going to have to play without you. If we don't trade you and you don't sign, we're still going to have to play without you. If we yep. can get you here and you're on the field, that's the be- that's the best thing for us. Because they ain't trading Cooper Cup. You ain't getting Devontae Adams. Tyreek's already been traded. Uh, the, the DJ, DK Metcalf, you ain't getting switched for him because he's going to want to get paid too. And you're a Swiss Army knife. We ain't yep. giving you away. I hope you enjoy watching it from your living room if you don't want to sign because I ain't giving him away. I wouldn't do it. You mentioned Tyreek Hill. You mentioned Devontae Adams. Still hard to believe that they've both been traded. Which quarterback – Rodgers or Mahomes misses their guy more this coming season. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. 
We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, there's more. Well, it, it'll be Rodgers, even though I don't, Grant, I don't think that they're going to. I, you saw, listen, when you lose Devontae Adams, you're not better unless you replace him with Cooper Cup, right? You're not better. Right. But I think they're good enough. They'll play defense. I, I Losing Devonta Adams is is harsh. But Rodgers is good enough to make some other guy really good. He ain't good enough to make him Adams. So he, they're going to – their overall offensive scheme may suffer more because while you got rid of Tyreek, you've tried to fill it in with some bodies. And let's not forget, Kelsey may catch 150 balls. You still got him. And they still got some speed on the perimeter. Guys that have been there. Heck, Aaron's going in with a few guys. You know, they've got a few guys, but they've – a couple guys have left. And now they well, – Lazard's got to continue to elevate his game, I believe. I mean, I think he's still there under contract. Lazard, you know, in Green Bay. So I would say Green Bay's offense suffers a little more. Um, but I think both of them still are the teams to beat in their division. Okay, but I'll – call it – help me out here – your 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 comfort, your safety valve, whatever. Think about third and long. Think about a play that you absolutely must have to get a chance to win the football game. And I think of Rodgers and Adams almost every single time. Now he doesn't have that, call it safety blanket. I don't know what the hell you call it. How big of a deal is that, Sean, for a quarterback? I mean, because now that – I mean – Think about the big plays those guys made, not necessarily touchdown winning drive, third down conversions, right? right. All the time. Think about, I'll give you a comparison in Green Bay. 
when it was third and four, third and six, second and seven, and Jordy Nelson was there, it you knew that you were going to Jordy Nelson on a slant and he was going to win. Yep. And Rodgers threw it to a spot, and it was always on time. Ball came out quick, and he had no hesitation. Then as Jordy started to get a little older and he moved on, Devontae came and became that guy that, dude, when I call a slant, we win. And he knows where to throw and he knows he's going to finish. You're exact, that's, it, it, it is. It's a go-to, a crutch, a lean-on, a confidence. It's a close your eyes because that guy's going to be there, and I know it. So you lose that until somebody else grabs your throat, meaning not literally but figuratively, and says – Aaron, I'm that guy now, and I'm going to prove it to you and show you. In Kansas City, and here's why it's still a little bit of Green Bay. Go back to when it's third and seven. You, We saw it in the playoff game when Kelsey said, dude, they're going to play three deep. I'm going up the seam. Get rid of the ball now. He, tra- he knows it doesn't matter, and Kelsey's good after the catch, that that guy, if I need a first down, money. And you also – see, you had two for the price. I mean – you had two because remember in the Buffalo game, third and long, they played two man. Mahomes throws a sidearm deep dig route to Tyreek Hill, catches it and goes out the back door for a touchdown down the right sideline. Part of a part of about nine touchdowns in three minutes, right? And goes. You miss that ability. The run at the Tyreek when he's got the ball after, in space. Oh my gosh, that's chunk plays. Somebody's got to replace that. Devontae and and Devontae can get deep too, don't misunderstand. But the Devontae, the slant specialty and Kelsey similar because of they're both first down chain movers that still can beat you other ways. Tyreek was just, I mean, you saw that run. He's I don't know how there's five faster guys in the league still than him. So what a what a one team's loss, Kansas City. What a gain for Tua. I'll tell you what, Tua better have success this year because oh, they've loaded up oh, uh, everywhere and said, dude. We yep. are, and we got you a new play caller. We're going to give you a run game. We got protection. We got Waddle. We got we we got Tyree Kill. You bet. They got the tight end that they, they uh, uh, was it um, Gisek. Uh, who's the uh, the tight end that they signed this off season? You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Well, and they also got a stud left tackle uh, in Armstead. Right. Now they now they got a, the, one of the best offensive linemen in football to go along with everything. Why am I? Right? The G. I I'm, it will I'm come to me. Oh, this draft dude has got me. I've got I've got Kayvon Thibodeau in the, with the Jets instead of the Giants. I've got Jermaine <laughs> Giants Johnson. I said it the other day. I said, man, edge rusher Thibodeau, and I'm thinking Giants. I said it yesterday. No, that dude's on the Jets. The other one's on the Giants. They got like eight picks. I got Evan Neal in in, in New York and and yeah. uh, the uh, and Aquanu playing. And it's crazy, dude. But yes. The uh, they got tight end help. They've got who signed a new contract, yeah. or they yeah. I think they t- tendered him, they franchised him, and he signed it. Tech. And then they've got wide receiver. Two has got to to stay healthy and raise his game because there will be no excuse if he doesn't play well. They will look elsewhere, and I think he's going to be fine because he's accurate. But he's got weapons. So the Rodgers Mahomes thing, and both Grant are probably now the Chargers are coming, the Broncos are coming, yeah. the Raiders are coming. Uh, the Chiefs know that. But they're both still going to win their divisions, I think. There are two, yeah. There are two quarterbacks this year that they can't say, well, you know, uh, no more excuses. Not that Derek Carr makes excuses. I've never heard the guy make an excuse in his life. Never. But you got it. You got it. You got as good as there is in football at the tight end and Waller. I think the guy is great. Ooh. And then and not, and not, right. And then you then now you bring in a go-to guy, a home run guy, a guy that just flat out gets it. Former teammate at Fresno State and Adams. This year, Tua Carr, all right, when we get done with this year, and I think Tua obviously has a lot more to prove right now than Carr, but
But you know, at the end of these 17 games, there can't be, well, we didn't have this. Now, barring injury, these guys have to get it done this coming season. And what will happen, too, you watch Josh McDaniel, uh, McDaniels will – we got Mike McDaniel calling one, Josh McDaniels calling the other. Josh McDaniels will <laughs> they'll slant. And let's not forget now, Hunter Riffro had a hundred catches last year with the Raiders. Great point. A hundred. So they've point. got protect, they've got underneath stuff, they've got a game-breaking tight end who yeah. I can move all over the place, put him at wide out in the slot, a tight end with his hand in the dirt. You got Devontae, who's along with Cup, probably the two best, and Jamar Chase is coming in a hurry to be yeah. one of those guys. So they are loaded. When it's all said and done, Derek Carr should be pushing 5,000 yards this year. But they'll yep. still run it. But Josh will have – they'll formation people to death. And so will Mike McDaniel. I would expect Carr's numbers to be gaudier because I think Mike McDaniels is going to – or McDaniel is going to protect him a little more. Still throw it. But right. a little more selective win where Carr will have more control at the line of scrimmage, I would think. Have yourself a great rest of the day. Have a good weekend, buddy. Thank you. Hey, let me ask you one question before we go. Yeah. Just give me give you one. Um, yeah. Do you believe it's a quarterback's responsibility to seek out the rookie in Tannehill going to get – and when it comes to um, uh, being the guy who yeah. Yeah, leads and – they drafted, right. What's that? Yeah, and Malik Willis. No, but I'm talking about the guy who has to mentor Willis. He should go chase down Willis to mentor him. Or is it Willis's job to chase down Tannehill to say, I want to watch tape with you. I want to learn from you. Who, what first side all, are you on on this? First of all, I think this thing has been blown way out of proportion. That's no number doubt. one. Okay. No, number one. Uh, to me, it's the rookie that has to go to the veteran. It's not the veteran that needs to go to the rookie. But again, I think this is being overblown. I think when you listen to what Tannehill said, he made a lot of sense. He didn't say he wasn't going to help the guy. He didn't say he wasn't trying to help the guy become a good quarterback. You know this, Sean. I mean, I think it's up to the quarterback coach to mentor, the coaching staff. I think it's up to everyone. I mean, you're a team, all right? It's a team concept. But it's not up to Ryan Tannehill to go to the rookie and go, I'm going to mentor you. I, I've never felt that. I've always thought it was the young player to go and say, hey, listen, I, I you know, let's follow let's him around. This. What can yeah. you do for me? Follow, follow him around like he's a duck, follow around as a baby duck, follow around a mother duck. I did. With Steve yep. Large and my rookie, you drove him crazy until he finally invited me over to his house during Thanksgiving because I was single. And he's, he mentored me the whole time through. Uh, uh, Wade Wilson in Minnesota, Warren Moon, they all were uh, receptive to it. Yep. But I had to go to them first. And once you do it, then it's organic, man. People, because right. of the way Tannehill said it, Made it seem like Tannehill, hell no, I'm not helping him. No, no, he yeah, didn't say that. No. And no, if you're Willis, you're laughing like, why are you guys making a big deal? I'm going to go to him. I'm going to say, hey, man, I'd love to watch tape with you, right. just like most of us young guys do. Do you mind? I'd like to pick your brain. Sure, man, come on in. And then you roll with it. The, the, the shit we've created over this is, oh, and you know why? I'm going to tell you what the story in, in Nashville is. It, it, it's with the Titans. It ain't. The Willis and Tannehill thing is going to be fine. If Tannehill plays well and Willis will learn, they'll watch tape and meetings, a quarterback, coach, coordinator, and he'll say, hey, man, come on over. I'm going to – after they've started the relationship and he's asked him for help, then the vet – it's not my job to show up as a veteran to your door. It's your time as a rookie to come knock on mine, and I'll let hey, you man. in. And as we're going on, then when I walk by you at 6 o'clock after a practice, say, hey, man, I'm going to be here tomorrow at 5, studying before practice. Come on and join me, rookie. Boom, great, and it meshes. It's fine. You want a good quarterback room, but it's his number one job is to play good quarterback and win That's fucking right. games. And, and to me, yeah, it's the mental part. 
the fact that the story here is not mentoring him. That's going to work itself out. The, the story here is can Tannehill overcome? He's seeing a therapist, and, and, and which is good for him if that's what he needs. I, I, I'm telling you. But the story here is how – because he said the scars are deep. Yes. Is he going to be able to get over an interception that he's going to throw in the fall and not worry about looking over his shoulder to the sideline and not reverting back to the final playoff game that he was in last yeah. year against Cincinnati? That's the bigger story. The mentor right, is going to come. People have created craziness. This is a mountain out of a molehill. You know, to me, this is a story about people are fucking need to get a life. They just try to dissect every little thing that somebody says and tear it apart and fucking bring it to their own narrative. It's stupid. It's just fucking stupid. I mean, it, 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 the, the way this became such a huge deal, I just was going, what the fuck is wrong with people? Seriously. I have never had a guy, a veteran that I've gone to that wasn't receptive to saying, of course, I'll help you. But I've right. never expected that. I've never. If I went to one of those veterans and say, hey, man, you're going to come ask me to come. They don't look at you like, bitch, are you out of your mind? Get your butt over here. Go get me some donuts, which I did, and bring them here. And I want my coffee hot. And I want it here early. And then we'll watch tape. And you laugh about it. And then you go compete your ass off and you win together. And if you play well, you keep the job. If you don't, the young guy plays. It's pretty simple. And we've created this. I'll bet you Willis and Tannehill laugh about this at some point. I'll bet you. Okay. Yeah. And if you're Tannehill, when people say, well, he's worried about his job. No shit. Are you kidding no, me? He, yeah. Who is this? Yeah. Yes. As a quarter, really? Okay, so Mahomes isn't worried, but Tannehill's got a job to protect, and I get it. All right, I'm going to then throw this at you before we wrap it up. I'll make a prediction. I'll say Willis will never be the starting quarterback of the Titans anyway. Fair enough. I will say, and I'll even go one step further, and I think Willis has got – and, and it's not like he was the second pick of the draft. He's still got stuff to learn as the third right. pick. He's got a he's got – now, listen, his arm is lights out, but there's the how fast it moves and all those things that all rookies go through. I think the guy's got phenomenal ability. But I'll go even this further than that. I'll take Sam Howell, the um, Ritter – the the kid from Ole Miss, um, why am I? Um, so you're yeah. killing me now. I know now you're fucking Ritter, because, because I was, Howell because I watched this I watched this game in Tuscaloosa in person right. when they got right. their ass kicked. Uh, yeah, Corral. Yeah, Corral, Willis, yeah. Howell, Ritter, and Pickett. Those yep. five guys. I'll bet you the rookie year. I'll set the over under at ten. Combined starts for all five of them. I'm talking about if it's not health. If I it's I beat you out, Kenny Pickett goes in and beats out Mitch Trubisky or Willis beats. I'll take the I'm under. under. I'm going under. Yeah, me too. Under, I'm going under five on that. Fair, and I and I'm not so sure I wouldn't bet along with you. Doesn't mean they're not going to be good, right? But these guys, they're fortunate they don't have to be great right now. And if they and if they do have to be, we'll find out what they got. But the competition and learning and all the stuff that goes, I don't believe we open the season with one rookie starting at quarterback. Yep, I agree 100%. Make it a good one, buddy. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next great week. Great to be back with you. I love you, man. Thank you. Love you, too. You're the best. You bet. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Time now for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Tim wants to know, should playoff performance be taken into account in MVP discussions? I would say no, because there is an MVP of the finals. So if there wasn't an MVP in the finals or an MVP of the Super Bowl, then I would say yes. But I'm going to leave it at no. Sam wants to know what sports have gotten better and what sports have gotten worse from focusing on on analytics. Baseball has clearly gotten worse. I think it's actually ruined the game, Sam. As far as which sport has gotten better, mm, I, I don't know if there I don't know if sports have gotten better because of analytics, but baseball in my opinion uh clearly the worst. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. Mike wants to know what decade you lived through was your favorite? Wow. That's a great question. I'm going to say probably Two decades. The 70s, when you become a teenager, I went to high school, graduated from high school, and started going to college in 1977. That was great. And then the turn of the century, when the Kings were really good for that run, that was so much fun. So I would say those two uh, decades. And then, you know, at the turn of the century, both my boys were young, and that's such a precious time uh, with a family. So I, I would say those two decades. But that's a very interesting question. Thank you very much. Very interesting question. Kevin wants to know, will LeBron miss the playoffs again before retiring? I would say no. I would say no. David asked, which of the potential head coaches who are being interviewed would you like to see the Kings hire most? David, it makes no difference to me because I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters who the coach is. I've been talking about that for years. Coaching is not the issue with the Sacramento Kings. Jerry wants to know, why have you not been doing the podcast every Tuesday and Friday? Jerry, that is only a recent trend, and it's because of my uh, crazy travel schedule uh, that I have been on. And because of my commitments with my travel schedule the last two weeks, I have skipped two podcasts. So good job on your part, Jerry. I don't think you're going to see that happen much more, but I'm very happy that you noticed that. You're a fan, and you wanted to know. So I hope that answer suffices. All right. Derek wants to know, uh, can the Sixers win without Embiid? And the answer is, no, they cannot. Andre said, why did the Lakers and Nets fail to go deep into the playoffs this season? You know, with the Nets and the Lakers both, I think they're mirror images of one another. There was never any cohesiveness. Players in and out of the lineup. You have the Irving mess. You had the big trade. You know, you had Durant missing six weeks. With the Lakers, you had Westbrook, who was terrible. You had AD that was out. I mean, just these teams never really got in sync. That's the, you know, again, I know there are some that would disagree with the uh, Lakers take, but that's the way I look at it. I just don't think they really got into a rhythm. Andre asked, did you think that the Nets could be swept by the Celts? I didn't think they would be swept. No, that very much surprised me. It really did. 
Uh, Jerry wants to know, was I a Guy Lafleur f- uh, fan? Um, I love the flower. Absolutely. Uh, Guy Lafleur was amazing. And when I read the question, I read it Guy because I didn't read the question beforehand. But Guy Lafleur, the flower was great. I used to watch the Canadians all the time when they played the Rangers. And uh, the flower was great. I mean... I did Guy Lafleur in that era with that Canadians team and the Stanley Cups. Uh, they were great. Uh, they were great. They were absolutely great. No other way to say it. Zach wants to know what franchise has been more disrespectful to the fans, the Kings or the A's? Well, that's easy. The A's. The King, the Kings fans haven't been disrespectful to their franchise for the most part. Dominic wants to know if I like that the NFL will play three games this Christmas. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Andre asks, are the Cavs or the Pistons more likely to make the leap to a playoff team like the Grizzlies? I think the Cavs. I like their roster a lot. I really do. I like their rosters a lot. Hey, just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for and today's rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company, audio, video, and home theater. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. Well, professional golfer Sergio Garcia wants out of the PGA Tour. Why? Because of a rules official not agreeing with his assessment of time allotted to look for a lost ball. This happened at the Wells Fargo Championship yesterday. All right. It was a tee shot on the 10th hole that went into a hazard. This is a golf course in Potomac, Maryland. Garcia got upset with the rules official because the rules official gave Sergio a penalty because he took too much time. He said, quote, you want me to swim through the river? I wasn't looking for the ball there. I was looking for the ball once I got onto this side. Does that make sense? He lost the argument and then said this, I can't wait to leave this tour. I can't wait to get out of here, my friend. How about that? After walking through the waist-high grass a little bit longer, Garcia then said, a couple of more weeks, I don't have to deal with you anymore. Now, in all fairness to Garcia, a PGA Tour clarified in a statement, a spokesperson They looked at a video review. It was determined that the search time clock should have been paused as Garcia did spend a considerable amount of time trying to access the other side of the creek. Bottom line, quote, to clarify, the time spent by Garcia trying to access the other side of the creek should have delayed the start of the search time clock and the ball would have still been in play if not for that error. All right, fine and dandy. Rules official maybe made a mistake. But Garcia now talking about how he can't wait to leave the tour. I can't wait to get out of here, my friend. Good, go. You know, you think the PGA Tour is going to fall apart because Sergio Garcia is not on tour? Go ahead, be a baby. You know, it's one thing to be frustrated. We all get frustrated. I get frustrated. Everyone gets frustrated. But now you're going to leave the tour and you can't wait to get the hell out of there? Why, why wait? Get on a plane. Go back to Spain. All right? Beautiful country. Probably Barcelona, maybe my favorite city of the world. Go hang out in Barcelona for a couple of days. Get your head straight, and then go play on the European Tour. All right? The PGA Tour is going to be just fine without Sergio Garcia. I get the fact that he's upset because the rule went against him, and the PGA Tour came out and admitted that they made a mistake. All right, I'm fine with that. But you're going to whine and cry and bitch 
You want to, you don't want to be on tour anymore? You don't want to play for the PGA Tour? Good. Go make some money elsewhere. Go across the pond and make money over there, okay? No one's going to be crying because Sergio Garcia is not on tour anymore. Trust me. Ridiculous. And that's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Make it a great, great weekend, everybody. And thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.